Hey, 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 welcome back to the House of Trauma podcast. It's me, your favorite podcast host, Kiana Breanne. Now let's get into it. You know, it's crazy because I never thought I'd be here in this moment, living the life I'm living, the good, the bad, the indifferent. If I could hug six-year-old Kiana and tell her that she really is loved, If I could look back at 10-year-old Kiana in the face, the dreamer, and tell her everything we're going to go through, we're going to make it through, I would not believe a word that came out of my mouth. If I could hold 15-year-old Kiana's hand and tell her the pain won't last forever, I don't know if I would have the mental capacity to be optimistic back then. If I could sit down the 21-year-old me and tell her you're going to make it through and you will get everything you ever dreamed of, I don't know that I would stop self-medicating in that moment. It's kind of hard to see the bright side of things when you're down. And I, I really touched on this a lot in navigating uncertainty. So this is kind of an extension to that. Um, it really is hard and you have to make a conscious effort to force yourself every day to believe that it in fact does get better. So when I look back to all these periods in my past life and where I was in that moment, mentally, physically, and spiritually, It's such a huge difference from where I am now. And knowing what I know now, I don't know that I would have believed that I would be here mentally, spiritually, and physically. I've seen a lot of things in this life. I witnessed so much heartache and not just for myself, I watch other people break down and become versions of themselves that they didn't even recognize And that goes for me as well. I've seen, I remember versions of myself that I don't even recognize. I don't know who that girl was and why that girl was. You know, life really does take a toll on people. And sometimes I feel like things are slowly getting worse. And it makes me question if they're going to get better. And sometimes I'm like, you know, things break down so they can be built back up. And sometimes I watch the people around me, friends, family, and I can see them turning into versions of themselves that I don't recognize. And I'm almost certain they don't recognize either. And I've I've said this before and I'm going to say it again. Growing up and seeing all the things that I've seen, I understand why people turn to alcohol. I understand why people turn to drugs and self-medications. Sometimes it's the only thing that's consistent in your life. I understand why people don't make it out or don't want to make it out of, of their current situation. I understand why they don't make an effort to do better. And I spend a lot of time, you know, trying to spread the gospel, trying to spread the good news, trying to spread motivation. And it hurts when I feel like 
people aren't really receptive. And I don't, it doesn't hurt in a way that I take it personal, but it hurts in a way that I wish they knew what I knew. But when I look back at all the past versions of me and I remember where I was when I was in those low places. I don't know that I would have been as receptive either. So I try not to get too down about it, but it's just natural human emotion. Um, When you want to see people who you love win and do better and feel the glory, you know, that you feel and even strangers, I was actually just telling my little sister that I was reading this book called Woman of God by James Patterson. And um, I'm not going to go into too much detail about the book, but in the book, there was a doctor who was working, um, doing volunteer work at a hospital. And um, oh, goodness, I can't remember the country, but it was in... um, Africa and she was doing volunteer work with a few other doctors and they had limited resources and they said the odds was a 50-50 chance that every person they laid on their table was going to live or die. And I don't like those odds. I can't take the heartache that comes behind being a doctor and not knowing if this person you're operating on today, right now, this hour is going to live or die. I can't take that kind of heartache. And similarly in my life right now, because I'm not a doctor and I don't operate on people, but I can't take too much heartache seeing people deteriorate right before my eyes, seeing people lose themselves and lose all hope and drown in their own sorrow. It becomes overwhelming for me. And I'm trying to get to a place where it doesn't affect me because it's not me. And and sometimes you just have to realize that everybody has the power within to do better, to consciously do better, to get better, to, you know, make those changes in their lives. And I I always say, and I probably said it a couple times, so forgive me if anything sounds repetitive. I'm just kind of going off the dome. Um, The reason I forgive my parents the most is because I believe they did the best they could for what they knew at the time. My parents weren't the best to me or my siblings when we were growing up, but I do believe as I got older, my relationships with my parents changed for the better. Because again, people learn over time, times change, things change, your mind change, your outlook, your perspective, everything changes over time, right? So my relationships with my parents only got better with time, um, which I am truly thankful for. But even hearing the stories um, of misfortune and poverty that my parents and my grandparents went through the type of emotions that arise from hearing those accounts of their life is disheartening. And I hate to think of the emotions that will arise with my unborn children when I tell them the stories of my life growing up, the things I've seen, the things I've heard, the things I've experienced. And 
I don't believe that had I not experienced these things that I would be here right now in this moment, even having this conversation with you. So as hard as it is to digest sometimes, I believe that every situation served a purpose for what it is that God is doing for me and wanting me to do in his kingdom on earth. I spent a lot of time and energy almost like reinventing myself <laughs> in a way um, because I, I come from nothing. And I feel like a lot of people enjoy the rag to riches story because it, it sounds good. Started from the bottom, now we here. But when when you really come from nothing, it's a totally different experience to be within something. Does that make sense? Okay, let me let me try to explain this a little differently. So for a long time I was ashamed of who I was because of where I came from. And what I mean by ashamed of who I was, I was more so ashamed of essentially coming from nothing, having nothing, and at points in my young adolescence feeling like nothing because I had nothing. And so once I got old enough to care for myself, my only goal was to never feel like that again. So I spent endless hours working and working and working to ensure I had the money available to live in a place that didn't remind me of the home I grew up in, to drive a car that didn't remind me of the cars I rode in, to wear the clothes that didn't remind me of the clothes that I used to be forced to wear because it was all I had. To go to the places and see the things that I was unable to see because we didn't have the money to do so. And I started to come to a realization that I spent a lot of time, money, and energy trying to erase my past when my past put me in the very place I needed to be in today. And I feel like it's it's like a, a constant battle in my mind sometimes on when did I become too good for something? Like, do I need to humble myself? Do I need to come back down to earth? And it's not that I feel like I'm, I'm better than anybody, but I do, not sometimes, I do feel like certain things I will not do or I will not accept because I don't have to. The old Kiana would do those things and would accept those things. But this is the new reinvented version of me. So I ask myself, is that a bad thing? And I don't know. I've had two of my sisters on two separate occasions tell me I needed to humble myself. And I'm just like, no, you need to raise your standards. Why are you trying to humble me? Why would you be trying to humble me? Why would they be trying to humble me? But then I sit back and now I'm asking myself and quite frankly, I'm asking God, do I need to humble myself? Have I gotten so far in my head that I've forgotten the struggle? 
And I guess because I'm really trying to process my thoughts as I'm I'm kind of going through. Um, have I gotten so high on the totem pole that I feel like I'm better than everything? And I mean, if I'm genuinely asking myself, no, I don't believe that. So that's why it's like a, a catch 22. Like I'm constantly in a battle in my mind on do I need to humble myself or am I just expecting more because that's what I deserve? Like, is it a crime to want better in life? You know, is it a crime to say I set the standard here and I refuse to go below the standard just because somebody else wants me to? So again, why y'all trying to humble me? Like, I won't eat at certain places because I don't want to. I don't like it. I just don't want to, and I really don't have to explain it. I won't sleep at certain places because I feel like the place where I lay my head is important, and I shouldn't have to lay my head somewhere just to say I had a place to lay my head. And thank you, God, I always have a place to lay my head. I won't wear certain things or drink certain things or go to certain places because quite frankly, it's beneath me. Is that such a bad thing? Do I need to be humbled? And one thing I talked about in uh, the Navigating Uncertainty episode is how much do you trust God to do the things for you that he said he's going to do? Right? That's a question I always have to ask myself when I'm in a moment of panic, when, when I'm concerned about something, when I'm scared, when I'm nervous. How much do you trust God to do what it is he said he's going to do? Because if you fully trust God, why are you so nervous? Right? So to put things into perspective and maybe make, it, make a little more sense. Right now, I'm trusting God to do a thing in my life of miraculous magnitude, right? I'm always believing in God for a miracle, whether it happens, whether it doesn't happen, whether it happens in the way, you know, to the extreme that I'm believing it to happen. I'm always believing God to produce miracles in my life. And why? Because he always does. I look at God's track record and my God is a God of miracles of miraculous circumstances, of my back is against the wall and God pushes me forward. God propels me forward in such a way it's almost unbelievable. And that's why I'm so grateful to have God in my life. So right now in my life, I, I was thinking earlier today and I was looking back on this time last year. And it's almost identical to this present moment. And I always say that if you find yourself walking through a revolving door in life, then it simply means you haven't learned something from your past. Because the universe is not going to let you slide without that lesson being properly learned. So that lesson that wasn't learned is going to show up again in a different way. And then it's going to show up again in a similar way. And so when I look back on this time last year, I have to ask myself, is it something 
that I didn't learn, I find myself asking God, what are you trying to teach me in this moment? Open my heart and my mind to see the bigger picture and to not be so consumed with what my eyes perceive to be the truth. But fill my spirit with the actual truth so that I can see your way. Okay, so peep this. Last year in 2022, I went to flight attendant training with SkyWest Airlines. And it was only four weeks. I graduated training on October 21st, 2022. And a few weeks later, I found out I was going to be based in San Diego, California. Pause. I just finished my six-week training with Alaska Airlines, and I graduated October 20th, 2023, and I found out I will be based in Los Angeles, California. And so the situation is now that I'm going to be based in L.A. So first of all, it's something about California that is drawing me near because I seem to cannot be based anywhere outside of California, Southern California. <laughs> to be exact. But so I was having a conversation with some people from my training class because we're all going to L.A. And um, we we're ch- trying to figure out where we we're going to stay when we were there. And majority of the people are doing crash pads. And I don't really want to go into detail about all the specifics of a crash pad. But basically, you will be in a room with like six other people, six, seven other people. Um, and there are bunk beds. And so I have a couple problems with that. And before I get into my problems with that, I remember last year when I was in San Diego and one of the girls from my class was renting a room from this, like this guy. And it was several people in the house and everybody was like renting out rooms. And so I was asking her questions about it. And she was just like, um, she told me about this other place. It was like, oh, you should just get it. And I was like, well, it's going to be men there. It's going to be pets. Like, you know, asking all these questions. And she's like, well, it doesn't matter. You you should just get the place to have a place. And I was like, well, I, I can't just be laying my head anywhere. And she was kind of like, well, you know, you should just get it so you can have somewhere to lay your head. And I'm like, hold on, pause. Because I can't be just laying my head anywhere. That's my right. Right? Do I need to be humbled? I just don't feel like, oh, you should just take it just to have something. Like, it's this or nothing. I don't believe that. Do y'all believe that? Okay, so present moment, everybody's standing in the crash pad. And so I'm like, well, you know, some of the crash pads are all girls. Some are all males. Some are co-eds, you know. So then I'm like, well, it kind of makes me a little uneasy sleeping in a room with a strange man. I don't know. You know, not to say that this man who's also in the aviation industry means me any harm, but you know, that's my prerogative. Maybe I don't want to be in a room with a strange man that I don't know. Number one. Number two, I was like, oh, sleeping in a bunk bed. I'm not 12. That's that's a little weird to me. And then just having multiple other people in the room while I'm trying to sleep. I don't I don't know. Do I need to be humbled? So now it's to the point where, you know, people are telling me, well, you need to do this or you'll essentially have nothing. And I don't believe that. When I was in San Diego, I didn't have nothing. I was there for months, almost a year, and I had somewhere to sleep. And 
it didn't have to be renting a room from a man that I don't even know in a house full of countless other men and women that I don't know. And I just feel like where I lay my head is important to me, whether it's for a night or multiple nights. I need to feel safe and I need to feel comfortable. And I don't really appreciate okay, people telling me that I should humble myself and stay at the this option that's available in front of me right now because it's essentially my only option but I serve a God of many options but I don't know am I tripping too I need to be humbled I don't know I guess the only person that can truly answer that question is God so I did tell some of my friends, coworkers, um, that I needed time to think about it, to pray on it. And I get it. Time is of the essence. Time is dwindling down. We have to report to duty in less than a week. Report to base for duty in less than a week. And um, it's just kind of still a toss up for me. And I guess, again, it's, it's really bothering me um, because I have had multiple people on multiple occasions, attempt to humble me. Yet also, I'm back through this revolving door and I'm asking God, what is it that you are trying to teach me? Is it that I need to be humbled? Or... Is it to stand my ground? I don't know. Am I stubborn by not just accepting this for what it is for right now? Or is it that if I accept this now and I throw in the towel, I'm letting the universe know that I will accept whatever it is that you give me right now in this moment, regardless of if it makes me comfortable or uncomfortable? Regardless of if it fits the standard for what it is that I know that I deserve in this life. And honestly, until this moment, I wasn't confused. I felt like I should stand my ground and accept only the things in this life. That I feel I deserve. Yet. I keep finding myself in. The position to where people. Want me. To be humbled. And I don't want it to. Appear as though I lack humility. Right. Or that the people who. Are comfortable. In the situations that. I don't feel I want to accept are any less than I am because that's not true. But I feel like two things can be true at the same time. I can accept you for who you are and how you choose to live your life and the things you choose to accept without judgment while also not wanting these same things for myself. And I don't want to essentially feel like I have to take a step back 
and humble myself to make you feel better about yourself. So on some occasions when I feel like people are trying to humble me, are they doing it out of love or are they doing it because they much rather knock me down to a level that's more easily digestible for them? Uh, Earlier, I spoke about, you know, coming from a very rough upbringing and seeing people struggle to come out of that. And now in this present day, watching these same people want to bring me back down and essentially tell me I need to humble myself because I fought so hard to not live that life anymore. I don't know if I ever spoke about this before. I probably have. Um, Two years ago, I got into a really bad argument with one of my cousins and my aunt. And um, it, it was really completely blown out of proportion. But what I do remember from the argument is she kept saying, you're not better than anybody. You think you're better than everybody. You think because you live here or you work this that you're better. You think because you have money that you're better. And that's not true. And amongst a few other choice words, she was essentially trying to remind me where I came from. She kept saying, don't forget you used to live here. Don't forget you used to have to do this or you used to have to do that. Don't forget about this experience and that experience. And I kindly let her know you can't try to hurt me or humble me by bringing up something that happened when I was a child and I had no control over. You can't try to hurt me or humble me by telling me that I'm no better than you. I don't have to be better than you to be exactly who I am and still stand tall and proud and confident of all the work I did to not be as miserable as you. So do I need to be humbled? Was it wrong for me to grow up and grow out of poverty? Was it wrong for me to move out of state? and start a business and do all of these great things, I've never thrown any of my accomplishments in anybody's face. On the contrary, I've held a lot of my accomplishments back in an effort not to brag or sound big-headed about what's going on in my life. So as wrong as she was in that moment... I was saddened to see the level that someone would go to to try to knock me down, try to discredit me, try to prove to me that essentially I'm nothing. No matter how hard I work, no matter where I was in life, remember where you came from and that you'll never be nothing is essentially what I felt like she was saying. Which isn't true, but it was an ugly experience to have to endure. 
So because of instances like that, again, I wonder, are people attempting to convince me to humble myself out of love? Are they or are they attempting to convince me to humble myself because it's going to make them feel better? Another example, we were planning a trip that never made it out to chat, <laughs> but there was a hotel that was presented. And when I looked at the hotel, I said, I absolutely will not lay my head here. Now I'm bougie. But is that such a bad thing to not just want to lay my head anywhere? I remember periods in my past where I literally didn't know if tomorrow I would have somewhere to lay my head. Where there was potential for homelessness. So is it now because I lived through that experience, I should just accept anywhere to lay my head? And so I don't eat meat. Well, I'm pescatarian, so I eat fish, but I don't eat meat. I don't eat land animals. Prior to me switching over to this dietary restrictions, whatever, however you want to go about it. When I did eat meat, I remember I didn't eat McDonald's. I don't know why people love McDonald's. People really love McDonald's. But I remember I didn't eat McDonald's. And one time we were kind of leaving this party and I was in the car with a few people and they wanted to go to McDonald's. And... I think it was like the only thing that was open, maybe like a Wendy's, like across from the McDonald's was open, but the line was like wrapped around the building. So they're like, we're going to go to McDonald's because that has the shortest line right now. And these are our only two options for things that are open. Okay, fine. Eat McDonald's. I don't want anything. And do you know this man who actually my ex-boyfriend at the time was trying to convince me, almost like scolding me. That I'm like doing too much and I wanted to eat McDonald's and almost like I'm making a big deal by saying that I just won't eat anything and just like, well, this is the only option. So this is what you need to eat. And I'm like, no, it's like, it's totally fine. I just won't eat anything. I will literally eat water <laughs> for dinner, like not making a big deal about it or anything like that. And he insisted on going on and on and making a big deal kind of saying like, well, if there's nothing else to eat, how can I sit here and say that I don't eat McDonald's? Like like this huge, big thing. And I'm like, I don't eat McDonald's. That's my right. We got two options. I'll eat nothing or we'll go somewhere else. It's, it's quite simple. And I promise you, if I'm lying, I'm flying. He would not let it go. Like essentially just going on and on about how I'm just this picky eater and all these other things. And I should just eat the McDonald's. It's not that big of a deal. Like if I eat at this place, I can eat at this place. No, why? I don't have to. That's my right. If I want to starve, baby, let me starve. Okay. You can tell I ain't missing no meals. Not for real. So again, it was another instance where I felt like somebody wanted to force me to do something I didn't want to do. And made it appear as though I was being difficult for not accepting something that everybody else was accepting. Do I need to be humbled? Another quick example about food. So now that I don't eat meat, um, I was at some function, whatever, 
and there was not a lot of vegetarian friendly options and definitely no fish in the building. Um, but there were like certain uh, meals. So like, okay, I I can't stand black people because they got to put meat in all their vegetables too. So it was a couple like vegetable options that had like meat in it. And this lady had the audacity to tell me to pick the meat out of like the green beans or whatever it was. It was just like, basically, it's not that big of a deal once you take the meat out. It's a big deal to me. I get sick easily when I digest animal products that I have not consumed in a very long time. And I felt like she was making it seem like I was doing too much, like being too bougie, being too like difficult because I refused to pick meat out of green beans to eat. And I said, I was just going to go buy some fries. (laughs) And, And so I'm saying all these things to kind of like present a pattern of moments where I feel like people present me as being difficult because I refuse to do something that I'm not comfortable with. No, I'm not going to eat McDonald's. No, I'm not going to pick bacon out of my cabbage. Like, no, I'm not going to stay at a Motel 6. I'm just not going to do these things. Is that so wrong? Do I really need to be humbled? Or is it about time that people accept that I have standards that I refuse to lay down by the riverside just because they don't have these same standards or don't agree with these same standards? And me personally, I would never try to convince someone to lower their standards to make me comfortable. I have accepted a lot of things in my past that maybe didn't make me comfortable or maybe weren't the most exciting things to accept, the most exciting things to do, to consume, the most exciting places to to live and sleep and eat. But as I grow, as I mature, as things change because things are constantly changing, my standards evolve and I don't feel like I should have to apologize or submit myself to meet your standards to make you more comfortable. I don't know what lesson God is trying to teach me right now in this moment, in this season of my life, because humility seems to be a reoccurring theme even in the sermons that I watch. But what I do know is I refuse to put myself in a position to be uncomfortable because it will make you more comfortable. And I encourage anybody who's listening who has ever been in a position where you felt like someone wanted to knock you down, to bring you down, to pull you down a few pegs, to meet them where they are, to not let it discourage you. They can meet you where you are.
And you don't have to feel bad about that. So, I don't know. Do I need to be humbled? Well, the short answer is only God can answer that. My name is Kiana Breanne. This is the House of Trauma podcast. Don't forget to email me all of your advice questions to houseoftrauma at gmail.com. I'll see you next week. Don't forget to stay humble. Love you, mean it.